Hi there, you're listening to the Gospel Doctor podcast, and I'm your host Prince John. And my goal is to provide nuggets of the word that will make the body of Christ operate in full potential. Hello there. Now you're listening to the series on David and Goliath named The Road of a Warrior. And this episode is titled The Two Offenses. First, let's read 1 Samuel 17 verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who were standing by him saying, "What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should taunt the armies of the living God?" Now, let's again read 1 Samuel 17:28 to 30. Now Eliab, the oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, "Why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your insolence and the wickedness of your heart, for you have come down in order to see the battle." But David said, "What have I done now? Was it not just a question?" Then he turned away from him to another and said the same thing. And the people answered the same thing as before. Now in the first session of the podcast, we saw how David had so much confidence in the promise and the covenant of God. We discussed about how David took the whole situation and and he saw it as a matter of a covenant. However, why David why did David decide to take on Goliath? It certainly wouldn't have been just the fact that he believed that he could by the power of God. Right? That was not the only reason, surely. Faith and power equip us but does not necessarily take us to the battle. So, did he hear from God? he definitely did not like the bible does not talk about that then what made him to fight couldn't he have just delivered the food and gone back home like he was supposed to in this podcast we will mainly investigate what triggered him into the fight what made david fight we will also see that something else happened that almost kept him away from the fight What what is that? Now let's uh look closely at verse 26 of 1 Samuel. David says, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine who taunts the army of the living God?" You see a livid David. He's not his usual self. He's not angry because his brothers did not did not take him to the war. He's not angry because of anything else. He's not angry. But he's angry because God and his army was taunted. Yes, he was triggered by offense. He was offended by this. Isn't it interesting? To understand this better, we should look into David's relationship with God. You're seeing a person you you're looking at a person you're reading about a person who got offended by what someone said about god 
Now, about David, at a time when people feared God rather than loving God, David went above and beyond. David wrote Psalm 116, which says, I love the Lord. You don't hear that in the Old Testament that much. He said, God is my refuge and my strength, my light and my salvation. In Psalm 46, he said, and in Psalm 27, he said that too. He sings about a God who is his shepherd and who leads him in green pastures in Psalm 23. David had an intimate relationship with God. No wonder God himself said about David that he was a man after God's own heart. What a compliment that is. So for David, when Goliath taunted God, he could not just take it. He was ready to fight for it. He was ready to fight for the Lord, not him. Now let me ask you something. When someone does something that offends God, does that offend you? A lot of us get mad at things which we read in the newspapers about Christians being persecuted, and right, uh, rightly so, we should be offended about those things. But more often than not, it is not because of our love for God, but because of our love for humanity and Christian community. Community. I'm not belittling such things, but I'm saying that's the reason why we usually get offended. For instance, I mean, to understand this better, I'll give an example. For instance, in Genesis 44, when Joseph decides to detain Benjamin, the brothers become so sad that they say that they're so worried that something will happen to their father if their brother is not with them. See, this is what I'm talking about. Now, they are concerned about their father. They don't say much concern about Benjamin, but they're saying we are worried that something will happen to our father. So we can see the love for the father so clearly. Now, do we have such a relationship between us and God the Father? Do we have such a relationship between our brother Jesus in heaven? How many of us think about the things, how the things that we do and what we say and in our daily life, how, the, how does that affect God? How many of us think about that? Does it hurt his emotions? Or do we see God just as an insurance to get out of earth? I know a lot of people do, but that's so sad. People ask, okay, I, I know a lot of people ask, is it okay to do a Harlem shake on the cross? It's, it's fun. And if someone objects to it, they say, come on, live a little. Oh, really? If someone from your family passes away, would you do a Harlem shake at their grave? I'm very interested to know that. Not because, you wouldn't do that, but it's because it's insensitive. You wouldn't do that. And if you wouldn't do that for your family, why would you do that on the cross? Why would you Harlem shake on the cross? Is it because you don't consider Jesus as family? You don't, you don't find it to be wrong because you don't you don't see him you don't see him as the real person you don't you haven't had that sort of a relationship with him to be offended about for god the, the person should be real to us god should be real to us 
And we should have a very deep relationship with him, intimate and personal. And God yearns for this relationship. Now, go to your room tonight and have a real conversation with him, not just a template prayer. Our Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Now, I mean, not stuff like that. Just open up your heart. Say things which you, which has hurt you. Say things openly towards God. He will never fail to show up. But sadly, many of us don't see God that way. We lack a relationship with God. He just becomes our religion rather than a relationship. We see him as a provider. We see him as a sovereign Lord Almighty. But do we see him as a real person who cares for us every single day? When there is no relationship, we don't feel that offended about God. If someone says something about God, we don't feel offended. Think about the time when somebody in your workplace cracked a joke that those who believe in God are stupid and, and you just laughed along with them, right? Afraid to let them know that you believe in God too, okay? I mean, many people do that. They think that it would sound silly if they admit that they believe in God. He was there right then at that time listening to that. Think about the time when somebody you look up to said that the Bible is obsolete and you said something very diplomatic rather than saying the truth. Well, if well, God was there at that point too. Well, if that's you, if I'm talking to you, it's time to introspect. A heart that is passive towards the emotions of God is often a heart that is distant from God's own heart. When we read in Luke 22:54 to 62, we see Peter denying Jesus. Now before that denial, way before that denial, we just a few verses before, you will see that the denial happened in steps. In verse 54, we see that Peter was at a distance. Peter was not right beside God. He was at a distance. So when he was questioned, when he was at a distance, the denying came easy. It's always easy to deny when the one you deny is not near you. Think about gossip. It's very easy to gossip about someone when that person is not there. You wouldn't gossip about the person if you knew that the person was right beside you, right? So most of the time, we are passive, passive towards things that are offensive to God because our heart is so far away from God. Now let me ask you again, how real is God to you? How well do you know God's heart? This first offense is good. It is an indicator of your relationship with God. However, that's not the the only offense that David had to face. There is one more offense. But unlike the first offense, this did not lead David to his calling, but almost hindered him from it. 
So what is the second offense that almost hindered David from his calling? Now in 1 Samuel 17, 28-30, we see Eliab, the brother of David. He overhears David talking to others and he gets mad at David. He's livid. He says, why have you left the sheep behind? Come on, Eliab. He knows for sure that David has been anointed to be the king. But he tries to put David down by insulting him. I mean, this guy is supposed to be a king, right? And he's saying, where's, where's the sheep? In a way, he's saying that no matter what the anointing you have received, you will still be a shepherd boy. That is where you belong. Now, sometimes people whom you expect to understand you will be the first ones to demean you, will be the first ones to insult you. The moment you decide to do something, you will see that the majority will not support you. Maybe that new thing you started, that ministry you decided to do, the people whom you expect to be at your side helping you out will not more often than not support you but that's okay even jesus had to go through this remember in mark 6 verse 4 jesus said that a prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown among his relatives and in his own home he could not do even many miracles there even though he did a little bit in my experience as well, I've noticed that it is often the most difficult to minister to people who know you the most because they know you too well. They know your shortcomings. They know how you were earlier. And they know everything about you. And they cannot just... It's hard to for them to digest the fact that you have changed. On top of all this... We see that Eliab also accuses David of being insolent or arrogant. Now, I can understand this because any person who decides to show confidence in the covenant of God and to show faith in the covenant of God, other people or people who generally watch you, who deal with you, often think that you are arrogant. That's usual. So Eliab would have thought that. But don't worry, that's how the world reacts to the new creation more often than not. However, what did David do? The Bible says he turned away from him. What? David turned away from him? David, are you just going to let your elder brother insult you in front of all these people? Now David would say, yes, I have a goal. I need to move on to fight Goliath. Every moment I spend arguing with Eliab is just more delay in fighting Goliath. My fight is not against my own flesh and blood, but rather Goliath who insults the living God. Dear brother and sister, have you let insults from Eliab's around you get to you? Have you moved beyond the insults of Eliab that offend you? Question your intention. Question your integrity. Say that you're a heretic, that you do not have what it takes to be a leader, that you do not have a powerful personality, 
Are you wasting your time and effort on the Eliabs? Or have you moved on and accepted the challenge of Goliath to fight? Have you forgiven anyone who has offended you? Have you forgiven everyone who has offended you? God needs His people to fight against the principalities and powers. And not against people. Our war is not against people. For God, let, let go of unforgiveness. Let go of the bait of offense. The people we see around just like David and Eliab are just our flesh and blood. It's what works behind them that needs to be fought. God needs you today. God needs you to have a relationship with Him today. He's waiting for you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. He's waiting for you. He longs to have that conversation with you. Just like in the Garden of Eden, he was calling out to Adam saying, Adam, where are you? Adam and Eve, where are you? Just like that, he's calling to us today saying, where are you? He never, he never left us. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. And he loves you so much.